What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. I feel the need, the need for speed. You want to play us? Okay. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to Cinema Stubs, where we talk movies, television, and all things pop culture. I'm Joshua Ryan, and I am here, as always, with Matt. How are you doing, Matt? I'm great, Josh. Awesome. We are also here with Riley, as always. How's it going, Riley? Going well. We talk movies. Always, and uh, not always, but this time we are joined by Chris. We're happy to have him. How are you doing, Chris? Hey, I'm doing great. Doing great. I really appreciate you guys having me here today. Thanks a lot. Really appreciate it, Josh. Thanks for joining us. You're probably our most uh, impressive guest I think we've ever had. Do you just want to tell listeners like who you are, what you're about real quick? Uh, yeah, sure. So I am the CTO at NASA JPO, the Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Pasadena, California. Uh, we work on the Mars rovers. If you've seen, uh, you know, folks land stuff on Mars and robots and robotic exploration, that's us. And we also do deep space communication, exploration of the Earth and a number of other things. So yeah, I'm a technologist who is a huge, huge movie fan and also Marvel fan and comic fan. And uh, just, you know, I'm the one in honor of uh, being here today. So thanks. So this week, this episode, we are talking R-rated comedies, the like best R-rated comedy. Specifically, we're talking about like that new wave, the renaissance of R-rated comedies that came about around the 2000s. You know, the ones that like the 40-year-old virgin kicked off. And so for this discussion, we thought, we have to get us get us somebody from NASA up here. We got to get us somebody <laughs> who's working on Mars rover, you know, uh, stuff way beyond our comprehension to just talk about comedy. So that's what you're here for. Uh, before we jump into the comedy, we had a couple bits of news that we were just going to talk about real quick. One big one. A lot of stuff came out of CinemaCon, but um, the Batman is getting a sequel, which I think everybody was kind of expecting because it was just super highly regarded. It was so well done, but to actually have it confirmed is is really exciting. Riley, what do you think about that? Well, uh, obviously, we all, I assume, love the Batman. Uh, I loved it. I thought it's, yeah, it's one of the best ones. Um, I'm excited for a sequel. I don't know if that will uh, have the Joker or not i'm not sure but, dude that's the uh, big question how much joker are they going to put into it and, and right. what what villain are they going to go with as the main villain even if joker's there i don't see him being like a main villain who who would you like to see as a main villain riley like it's got to be somebody maybe who's not too unknown but somebody who's not been overdone that's the problem with the joker he's been overdone like i would love to see like a Clayface, but how do you bring Clayface into this world of the batman which is set in much more reality than, you know, your typical kind of comic book movie. I don't know. Who are you guys thinking? Who are you guys' villains you want to see? Well, I think it sets up really nicely for Mr. Freeze with the way the Batman ends. I won't spoil it just in case you haven't seen it yet, but there's a bunch of water at the end. Um, so it's kind of a clear, easy, right. easy in for Mr. Freeze. And if you've seen 
and this is a comic story, I believe, as well. But if you've seen the animated Harley Quinn show, real quick plug, incredible show. It earns its TV MA rating, but it's it's hilarious. It's great. There's a there's a, a stretch of episodes there where Gotham is split into different territories, kind of run by different villains. Right. Yeah. And it kind of sets up the possibility for for that here. You know, you've got Penguin out and hit doing his thing with the mobsters you've got mr freeze you can maybe take over the the water area uh, so I, I think like a freeze penguin combo could be fun and you don't really need to introduce them necessarily like do the spider-man route assume fans know the They're character already established yeah they know the character enough we don't need to give them a full-on you know origin story and just jump right into the meat of it and i, I think that's one that i've been seeing going around a lot mr freeze and i i think just because it's an easy decision doesn't mean it's the wrong decision. I think that's probably a good place for them to go. But again, I trust Matt Reeves with wh- wherever he wants to take it. If you tell us he's bringing in Clayface, I'm just going to roll with it. Well, Mr. Freeze is one of those characters who is like almost he's not quite supernatural, but he has these, you know, weird capabilities that could still be delivered within this world. I think they could find a way to say, you know, Mr. Freeze is this guy who it works with you know, not like the Arnold Schwarzenegger, everybody chill, you know, pun filled, you know, Batman and Robin. But I think that they could pull it off. Uh, Chris, do you have anybody on your like wish list to see face off against uh, the Batman? Hey, Josh, you know, I was I was thinking while, you know, Matt was talking to it's funny. I, I read that. I don't know if it was a Twitter post or, or something recently. And it was like, don't do the Joker. And and actually, right. you know, I totally agreed. I, you know, I totally as someone who sort of lived, I think through all, you know, I think it's yeah, through all the modern, you know, on screen versions of the Batman, and just you know all the different caricatures, and and yeah, you know, Mister Freeze, Ice to see you, you know, I remember that, you know, it, it's Mayor <laughs> yeah. is one of my favorite ones. Uh, it's so you know, fun whatever. to impersonate. Oh, totally, hundred uh, percent. Uh, you know, I don't know if, how many of you remember E Bombs World, but I was the king of the oh, soundboard yeah. oh, back yeah. in the day. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> and things like that. But uh, no, I mean, for me, you know, I think they could do a new a new take on a Poison Ivy. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot of material, oh, yeah. you know, there to potentially. It's not set up, you know, as well like Matt was talking about. I and and you know, Freeze would be great. I you know, I would love, I would love like a serious. The whole point of Batman, this one, why everyone liked it, it's very serious, like a serious detective take. Yeah you know, on the movie and it wasn't so whimsical and, and, you know, DC still has the whimsical going on with the flash and they're going to bring back Keaton mm-hmm. and, you know, it feels a little whimsical. I think they could do raw gritty. How about a raw gritty freeze? And yeah, pair them with, you know, you don't have to go back to only poison Ivy because they did that before pair them with penguin pair them with, you know, and then, and I love too, the Matt that you said penguin, because, you know, Colin, uh, you know, Colin Farrell is so much there, you know, wh- I don't know how wh- how many minutes he was in the movie. It didn't feel like that long. It feels like they could have drew more from him and, you know, lots yeah. more there to explore. Oh, yeah. He was just perfect. Uh, I agree with everything you guys have said. I really do think Mr. Freeze is kind of a, a top pick. Riley, you got anybody you want to throw into, into the ring? I, I, I personally liked the Mr. Freeze angle. I, I would love to see Playface. I agree with you. Um, but, you know, I don't know. Mr. Freeze, I mean, they did sort of set up some other villains that could have bigger roles, like maybe a penguin or something like that. I mean, yeah, I I think the penguin is definitely going to be back and still playing a, you know, a prominent role, at least as prominent as he did in the first one. Uh, Colin Farrell is just so perfect. And, and like we said, he kind of was like rising the ranks. So I definitely think that they'll do that. Is, is there anything else you want to see added to it? Um, no, not really. I, I, I don't have a, a definitive, like, oh, I gotta see this villain, but I, I think there's a, a number of ways 
uh, number of different villains that they could bring in and make it make sense in this world. This world isn't exactly like the Dark Knight world. Um, it's very similar. I'll give you that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's exactly, but but it's similar within how they're grounded to, you know, so, at least more grounded to reality. You know, as they, grounded as you can be yeah. with a, a Batman. They are more grounded, but I think they could get away with sort of weirder characters as long as they don't go too crazy with them. I think they could get away with it more so than, say, a Dark Knight trilogy could. Right. But, no, no, I definitely uh, agree with that. Um, so the, the next bit of news was another sequel news. We have a Dirty Dancing sequel with Jennifer Grey returning. So which, which supervillain do you want to see show up in Dirty Dancing 2 to battle Jennifer Grey? That's the question. The ghost of Patrick Swayze. Oh, my God. I love Swayze. I mean, he, Dude, he's, he he's the man. In the corner, man. He's the man. I've actually never yeah. seen Dirty Dancing. Um, but did you see Dirty, I, Deva- Dirty Dancing Havana Nights, the prequel? No. I've only Good. seen <laughs> that one. Terrible. The scene, you know, where he puts her on top, you know, holds her above his head, and you oh, have yeah, seen, you've seen it parodied in, dance move, man. in yeah. eight thousand movies and shows since then. But this will probably get me to watch the original. You know, it's it's an iconic movie in its own right. Um, so I really don't have any thoughts on this, but I'm sure no, I'll check I mean, it I out. I don't think I don't think many people do. I don't think that we really need to discuss this much. It's just kind of weird that they're bringing in, a, you know, a sequel to to this movie of all movies. So many years later, when they had already done a, you know, a prequel, a kind of semi sequel with Havana Nights, which was almost completely unrelated from what I remember and was kind of universally hated. And Patrick Swayze, like you said, Patrick Swayze has gone. So you're doing dirty dancing without Patrick Swayze. So, I mean, I don't know. Who knows? I guess we'll see. I want to so, see who Jim so guys, Gray fights. I, 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 I think I might uh, I might date everyone here on this call. So let me, you know, as as, an, as maybe somebody who you know from the Dirty Dancing era, you know, maybe slightly as someone growing up as a baby in right. the '80s, you know, uh, this is Chris, uh, I I'll say, you know, at least for me, like two things that jump out at me, kind of related to this first TikTok era, you know, dancing is just huge. Oh, I, I would say, you, you know, in, in in the next generation, and you know, like Dirty Dancing moves the needle on what was sort of contemporaneous and sort of allowed and risque, but it did it in a way, you know, with, with kind of everybody's, some of their young and favorite up and coming actors and actresses. And, and so, you know, I think about the TikTok era, untapped market, you know, on the big screen, you know, if you will, you know, I mean, probably the closest things you could compare it to would maybe step it up, <laughs> you know, or, or the, or, oh, yeah. or the sequels to that, you know, recently, you know, and, and, you know, I kind of semi laughed when I said that, but, to be honest, I mean, those are, those are decent, you know, they're not terrible or whatever they do, you know, like they have their audience. Yeah. Yeah. They have their audience. They bring together that sort of team dancing, you know, approach and, you know, things like that. It was, you know, you got served, right. You know, and so pulling in kind of maybe a community related to that, but then maybe not reaching into the grab bag of the same people. Obviously there are some people that they can't, you know, cast, you know, as you know, Matt, you know, as we just kind of threw out there in the grab bag, but, you know, maybe going after this era's key dancers and, you know, pairing them with, you know, some people with some real, you know, agency or, you know, oomph, you know, and, and, and whatever I, I could see it. So Get I, I in there. Right. yeah, I think that's exactly what you're going to do. Obviously I don't think Jennifer Gray is going to play a lead role in this. She's going to be there as somebody in the background, just somebody who keeps it linked to the original. And this is going to follow, you know, two hot new young dancers. I think just like you said, trying to uh, appeal to the modern era. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, I feel like once in a blue moon, those types of sequels work more often than not, they just fall flat on their face. So 
So we'll see. But man, th- all this news is like sequel and prequel news because coming up next is The Hunger Games is getting um, a prequel. Now, I've seen The Hunger Games movies. I like the first two. I don't like the second two. Um, but I'm not really familiar with the books or what this prequel covers. Do, is anybody anybody have any uh, hard opinions on The Hunger Games here that they went away in? Yeah, so I, I read the prequel book when it came out. Okay, year, so it is adapted from a book. Yeah, yeah. So the title's the same, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, and it tells uh like President Snow, the um Donald Sutherland character from the movies, when he's kind of a, a younger, up and coming okay. guy in the capital. And the the book, it's it's weird because it was it was like a fine story kind of on its own, but it was asking you to be sympathetic toward a character who had just been pure evil. Like Snow right. is just a bad guy. And it's okay for a bad guy to just be a bad guy because they're bad. We don't need this this traumatic, life-changing event early on. Sometimes people just suck and they do bad things because that's who's the, who they are. And the book didn't really go that route. And so fitting into the larger story, I wasn't a huge fan of that part of it. And you know who knows what they'll do with the movie. Maybe they'll make them more hardened. But with the story, without giving away too much of it or any of it, it's going to be hard to really deviate too much unless they really change the full-on plot and the basic description that i read is the the plot of the book so they're at least going to start off with the same groundwork but i'll see it opening night like i see any big movie yeah. opening opening night um i'm not holding out the highest hopes for it but you know it's uh, it, it can be okay i don't think it's gonna be great by any means yeah. but i think as long as it doesn't suck i'll be happy yeah. with it the point you made about trying to give you know people who are just evil you know sympathetic backstories reminds me of cruella like this was like this bee wanted to skin puppies. This bee wanted to just kill puppies. And they're like, hey, let's follow her. Let's root for her. Like, how are we going to root for this girl who we know wants to murder puppies? But I wasn't yeah. a fan of Cruella. Some people were. Right, Riley, well, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I, yeah I, uh, I just, we both saw it around the same time for the press screenings. And we both didn't like it. Um, Remember that? I didn't hate it. I just didn't I, like. Yeah, I I didn't hate it either. It has like the soundtrack was good, but I it's the same problem. It's like how do we root for a guy we know later? It's gonna end up killing. People. Like you know who I, I liked in Cruella though was the heavy set dude from Richard Jewell. Paul, Paul Walter Hauser. Uh, yeah. yeah, he was awesome in that movie. Yeah, yeah the, the sidekicks so were fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's the same, like, I liked it, I never read the books, but I liked the Hunger Games movies for the most part. I thought the first two, I thought the first two when they were actually, like, hunting each other on the island was good, and then after that, they split the final book into two, and it just dragged out, and it wasn't the same. Yeah, if they had had done it as one movie, I think that would have helped it tremendously yeah that was for sure their problem they got like money hungry and, and that's what all these book things do when they get to the final they're like oh my gosh we only have one more book oh let's just split it into two we'll make two more right. no just tell the dang story stop trying to make more money yeah so i don't know i don't know how they're gonna do this because like like matt said like on its own it could be a really interesting story but the problem is everyone knows what he becomes so how do we root for him? Like that's that's the biggest thing that we're gonna have to deal with. 
And it's not even Donald Sutherland anymore. Like Donald Sutherland is so charismatic. Like I could root for Donald Sutherland as a villain just because he's that he's that cool. And he looks at you. He's got that way of talking. His voice is so smooth. Who are they going to get to play the young him? Like that's vital. I feel like Chris, have you seen these movies? Are you familiar? You know, I, I kind of have a very similar impression to you too, Josh. I, you know, the first two I really enjoyed. I felt like it kind of brought together, you know, this era's, you know, fifth element you know, and combined it with like the purge and, you know, yeah. some other things, which was great, you know, like, and, you know, after, and, and the, the secondary characters, you know, supporting it, the whole train ride, bringing you into, you know, the different districts and understanding that that was super cool. And, and, you know, I mean, obviously the fact that they kind of went there with uh, the blood and gore and, you know, everything else, like very, very interesting. Thought it got old, complete, you know, it, it's funny the way people change and, and how cinema itself, I think, is going to change, you know, in this sort of, you know, pro, you know whatever post-pandemic or, you know, almost post-pandemic, whatever, at least in the U.S. world, you know, as people start to return to the theaters, you know, and, and streaming, you know, has sort of taken over is how much they milk or make those same decisions to kind of do it. Right. The, pre, the prequel ones, I, you know, I, I could see it. Um, you know, like, I think, I think, you know, Harry Potter, as an example, is, is really in danger of that, you know, going back oh, to the yeah, whole Fantastic sure. Beast, you know, like, um, I love the casting, you know, Jude Law as young Dumbledore. I love that, right. you know, so sometimes they get that right. Um, so, you know, it, it'll depend on that. And then as you were talking, I was also just thinking, you know, sometimes people care, uh, you know, it's like they, their agency is really around the center character or, you know, whatever. But sometimes people just like to revisit the world. You know, and so like if mm -hmm. revisiting that world is important to people and draws an audience and stuff like that, I could totally see it, um, you know, but but yeah, uh, not, I'm not a super huge fan. And then I did have one answer to your question. You know, how could they make us love Cruella DeVille? Well, you know, it's easy to cast Emma Stone. Casting is vital. Whoever is going to get to play the this, role here. This feels primed for a Timothy Chalamet cast. Like it just feels like a perfect role for him. It's yeah. kind of that same age. People love him. He's right. a great actor. He can kind of play. I mean, you saw him in Dune. He kind of played that conflicted persona. And there are some some similar character traits, you know, with with the young Snow that um, were in his uh, Atreides character. And it, like like Chris has said, you, you know, you cast Emma Stone. That's how you get people to like that character. You cast Timothy Chalamet. That's how you get people to kind of get on his side. The thing about Timothy Chalamet, though, is he at least uh, what I have perceived seems to be very picky about his roles, dude. He has nailed the roles he has picked. He has picked movies that have just done very well critically, very well, you know, if not huge box office ones, at least very well made critically received movies. So I really feel like it's going to boil down to the script for him. I don't think he's somebody who's just going to grab up a role for money. At least that's my perception. Yeah, totally. I mean, he's playing Willy Wonka, though. So and maybe it's a great <laughs> script. But Yeah, maybe yeah. it's a really good script. Have you guys seen well, Battle Royale, the the Asian? Uh, the, I, I, I have not. Movie. That's been on my that's been on my thousand movie it's watch list for like 10 years so good it's so good but it is it came before uh the hunger games right and it is basically the same premise a, a class of these japanese school kids get dropped on an island and they have a timer i think it's like 48 hours or something where only one survives and if they haven't all if they're not down to one within the 48 hours or 72 hours however long it is then everybody dies and they are each given 
a random weapon. You're given a bag and throwing that onto the island. So some people end up with like a frying pan, some with like assault <laughs> rifles. It's completely random. And then it just boils down to everybody is just sprinting on this island, running for their life, trying to survive and trying to, you know, some of course become the evil ones who are just like rallying in the violence and just thriving in it where others who are struggling to try and survive and afraid to kill other people. Fantastic movie. I think done way better, way better than the Hunger Games. But um the, I think the last bit of news that I have anyways is Damien Chazelle has a new movie coming up where it is going to be a biography of think Charlie, it, Charlie Chaplin. I don't think it's a Charlie Chaplin biography. Movie. Okay. I, it's set in that in that time period, that old Hollywood era, but very little is known about the plot. It's now, just... isn't um, Tobey Maguire cast to play Charlie Chaplin? Yes. So like the. I was actually just listening to another podcast right before we jumped on. They were talking about the same thing. The there's in the the rumor is that there's a bunch of because there's a bunch of people playing real life characters or okay. people inspired by I'm not real life characters, real life people or people inspired by real life, but not people. real life events. That that part's still unknown. But okay. for for me, I I don't care. It's Damien Chazelle. I'm gonna love it. He's he's three for three as far as I'm concerned. Not masterpieces, but very very close. On all three of them, see, I would I, say two I think, masterpieces. And see, the one which you're one do you say, guess? I don't like First Man. I don't like First Man, dude. I love I, Whiplash. I love La La Land. I don't like First Man, but I I I'm have still First very Man. Excited. Maybe I'm skewed because I saw it on IMAX, but that for me was the best movie of that year. I thought it was amazing. See, and then I was at the I, point, like, I, I honestly think it's his best it. movie, but but the other two are as a incredible. I respected it like that it was done well. It just did not entertain me. It didn't interest me. It never captured me. Dude, I was just oh, I, I hate using it. you loved it? Oh, I love first man. First oh, man. So I'm, oh well well hold on. We got Chris here. Chris is the NASA guy. Have you seen First Man? You know, I haven't. And I was actually just sort of, you know, looking it up. I, I, I definitely need to see this. It's about the life of Neil Armstrong and Yes. Yeah, you know, I mean he's He's a he's a very interesting character, uh, you, you know. I mean, like like just in terms of of you know like real life and, and and things like that. You know, like if I remember just reading about him, like in Wikipedia, he's one of those like astronauts that did interviews later in which like he touched on things that were out there or things that he saw, which you know is like the big no no, right? <laughs> you know, in in astronaut you know things and and all of that. And you know, he had a he had an extremely interesting you know career. I think. You know, he he dabbled a little bit in science. He wasn't just one of those Air Force people, you know, who kind of go up right. and you know are military and stuff like that. I thought that was very interesting, but I I haven't seen it. No, but I I definitely want to. So, but yeah, that's an awesome bit of news to be like with you here. It's like right up your wheelhouse. Now, I the the biggest thing out of this for me, like I love Damien Chazelle, even though I didn't love First Man, but that Tobey Maguire is like playing a major role here like he hasn't been get, been getting big movies besides you know no way home the last thing that we saw toby mcguire in in like a leading role i can't i can't even remember what was it like brothers with jake gyllenhaal i'm not sure it's been a while so i'm really excited just to see toby mcguire back in the game me too me too and you know i was i was watching tmz the other night you know i love harvey and you know but harvey's sitting there talking about how you know johnny depp and uh, you know johnny depp amber heard in their trial and how, you know, Johnny and Amber are never going to work in Hollywood again. And I just, I hate that attitude. You know, right. Hollywood and America love a comeback story. And they do. I mean, look at, you know, Robert RDJ. Danny. Exactly. I mean, he's the classic one. But there are so many kind of other examples of it. So, you know, so what did we do? We canceled Toby because he partied too hard with Leo and everything else. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, like, let's have the world, you know, there's just nothing 
Hollywood and the world love more than the cup story. I say, let's go Toby. And, you know, not only am I a huge fan of him from obviously all the Spider-Man work and I loved him in no way home, but let's go Toby. It was great. He was great, you know, and, Gatsby and everything else with you know you know he was he's done a number of amazing roles you know so let's let's get him back you know so yeah, Gatsby was actually probably the last big thing he did that came out after Brothers if I remember so uh, yeah I mean dude I love Toby even though you know of course everybody hears the rumors about these types of actors how they are off screen or backstage I've heard not great things about Toby did anybody here see the movie Molly's Game Yes. Yep. It was, I, you know, I love that movie. Dude, great movie. And it was a true story about uh, this lady, Molly, who was running this like underground kind of illegal celebrity high stakes poker ring. And she ended up getting caught, like was facing jail time and all this. But there's a character in there who was played by um, Michael Sarah, and who was the biggest like just the biggest ass and was like blackmailing her and was treating everybody like crap. And it was an undisclosed celebrity. They wouldn't say who it was, but it came out down later that it was Toby Maguire. That's who, who this character was. And he was just supposedly just an absolutely terrible person, but I'm a big believer in you can separate the person and the, and the art separate the artist and the art. And I love his work. I love seeing him in movies. I was so happy to see him back in no way home. So I'm excited and I love Charlie Chaplin. So I'm great to see, you know, I'm just excited to see Charlie Chaplin uh, being represented on screen. Uh, Riley, did you have any notes on this? I know you have a bit of news you wanted to bring up anything you want to weigh on this before your news. Um, no, just, I, I agree. I like to separate the art and the artist because I mean, Let's face it, probably half of the people in the movies we watch, we wouldn't actually like to hang out. I mean, yeah. So it's like, right. yeah. just enjoy what they what they make and, uh, you know, don't don't idolize them. But I, I love Toby. I love his work. Um, yeah, he party hard. That's okay. I mean, Dude, that's, who's to say we wouldn't have done the same I if know. we were thrown into that lifestyle in our early 20s? Like, I All mean, right. come on. It is what it is. All right. And I love this other movie that he did a while back called Pleasantville. I love that one. Oh, dude, Pleasantville's fantastic. I love that, is, that movie. Yeah, oh. that's like a classic, man. I'm going to have to watch that again now. But yeah, so I'm excited for all this. I, I can't wait to see it. Um. So what do so, you got for us, Riley? So my news is and how it relates to the movies i'll get in a second but uh that woman and legends of tomorrow have been canceled okay. at the cw i now, haven't seen i'm not a big fan of the cw film or the cw you know dc shows i've said that before so i haven't seen yeah. i'm not invested in those so i'm not particularly struck by that news but um I know a I, lot of people are, yeah. I gave up on that one a while ago, so that one is not surprising. Right. However. Because they already went through some, like, recasting and stuff, didn't they? They, they did. They yeah. recasted uh, uh, Kate Kane, that woman. They, it was real weird. They put another character in as Batwoman, but oh, they okay. still recasted the original Batwoman played by Ruby Rose. Right, and then she. I didn't see it, but she supposedly came back. I don't know. I okay. I'm not I'm not surprised on that one. But Legends of Tomorrow uh, was some was I don't know how well they did in the ratings necessarily, but that was a show that was mostly beloved by DC fans. Uh, I right. did watch that one, but I think what what is important about the news is that 
we, last week we talked about how Discovery is reorganizing DC to be trying more to sweep cohesive. up the mess that is right. the DCEU. Right, and they're trying to be more cohesive in their strategy for releasing shows and movies, and they, they want what Marvel has. They, but they that want... is a task. That is it like is. trying to re-glue like a vase that you just shattered into a million pieces back into a, a cohesive working vase that's not going to leak water. And it's going to be a hell of a task. I don't think that it's going to I don't think it's going to work without scrapping everything. I think everything's going down the drain here before too long within the next few years. Well, I don't know what they're going to because we talked last week about Ezra Miller's controversy and I, I don't know. Oh, he's just, you know, they're just choking some people, throwing chairs yeah. at people, doing their business in Hawaii, all that good stuff. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it's like I, I, the Flash was supposed to be the reboot. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But I just think this news kind of signals, okay, they're definitely doing this. Uh, that one, like I said, makes sense. But Legends of Tomorrow was mostly like, uh, I they're think, just sinking, man. They're just sinking. I, I think they're just sort of like, all right, let's just shutter some of the things that don't go with our strategy. I don't think they could cancel Superman and Lois because it's just too good. Um, right. Now, I haven't seen shot. that, but that is the one that I always hear people, you know, yes. really liking. So, yeah. It's, a good, it's, all, it's almost like it was made by HBO. And I, okay. and I That's think... A compliment. Yeah, no, it is. It's like the, the cinematography and the way they make it. Um, you know, it still has that CW drama BS, but uh, it's a total. CW loves them some drama. Oh, some they do. Teenage high school escapades, yeah. cheesy, yeah. you know, drama. Yeah, but I mean, for the most part, it, it's pretty good. And I, I think right. what they and also another thing is that a reporting. What was it a month ago, maybe, that they were looking to sell their stake in the CW? So I think this WB was going to sell it anyway. Um, that could be another reason, uh, you know, trying to eliminate some of their shows on the CW and phase right. them out. Um, and I think their, their strategy is going to be let's release everything on hbo max what do you guys i think i think that's a good way to go uh i mean look at peacemaker hbo max is on a rise you know it's a fairly new streaming service and it is just it's doing extremely well and they're they're just racking up hit after hit peacemaker i think is like the best comic book show one of the best shows, but one of the best, especially comic book shows to come out in a very long time. Like it was fun. It was so much better than I expected. Like I was like, I'll watch it because I liked Suicide Squad and, you know, John Cena. I was like, how are they going to make Peacemaker his own show, especially after that movie? You know, when they show how the characters, they absolutely nailed it. He's hilarious. They made him sympathetic. The action was fantastic. Like the comedy and the action is what drives that show. And both were done so well. That show is a hit. So if if they're going to pass things on to to HBO Max and they're going to produce quality that is even close to Peacemaker, I'm all about it. Then I'll start watching it. Yeah, Josh, that's also, you know, uh, uh, I would say a vote in favor, you know, of I won't say like these origin stories or even the prior topic of 
going back and looking at, you know, Hunger Games and stuff like that. But when you can do that in a universe in which you cross the big screen with streaming, you know, like like Marvel does so well and has shown, you know, in phase four that they're doing really well with the short form. And DC right. did really well, you know, with Peacemaker as well, uh, you know, off the of Suicide Squad. And, and, you know, there it goes back to, you know, likability casting, you know, John Cena, you know, obviously, you know, James Gunn, you know, in that whole universe and even taking right. over from David Iyer, who I didn't think did a great, I thought David did a great job even with his, you know, and what he could do and, and all that. But it's, yeah. you know, it's that all kind of coming together and to have the chance to kind of bridge between those. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. I, I'm fully on board with all of that. Matt, you have any input? Nothing new, I don't think. Basically, yeah. echo your sentiments. If If the CW is making it, probably not going to watch it. If HBO is making it, yeah. probably going to watch it. That, dude, that's exactly where I'm at. If they pass it on HBO, I'll have a little more faith. Like you mentioned the Harley Quinn animated series, dude. Same thing. I went in with like, this could be low quality entertainment. Dude, that was high quality entertainment. That show is so funny. I cannot I like wait for season episode, three. The first episode, I felt like they were leaning kind of hard into, let's make sure you know this is an adult thing, just shooting out the F word every other second. Like, it just felt like forced, like, hey, this is for grownups. But after that first episode, it felt like they settled into, like, let's let's just make this show work. And it, it's for who it's for, you know? And it yeah, just rolled They found out. their groove basically right yeah. away. And that's a hilarious show, too. So what we're about here today, this episode, is comedy. We're going to be talking about the rise of the R-rated comedy, which R-rated comedies were big, like, Back in back in the old school times, you know, back back in your time, Chris, when we when we got when we got our uh, I was totally on mute so everyone couldn't hear me laughing there. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Animal House back when we had, you know, Revenge of the Nerds, the, the R-rated comedies. Then there was then they just kind of went nil. They were gone for a little bit. All, all the comedies were coming out PG-13. And then what I think the rise and return of it was the 40 year old virgin 40 year old virgin came out just to like unanimous applause from critics audiences made a bunch of money made everybody laugh and since then we've kind of been in the heyday the the 2000s have seen some just absolutely banger r-rated comedies um so that's what we're here to talk about we want to talk about some of our our favorite r-rated comedies and then we're going to make a draft where we're going to be picking directors actors a title we're going to create essentially our own r-rated comedy that we're gonna let you guys the listeners vote based off of the posters what movie would you go see if you walk up to a theater knowing nothing about it and you see these four posters right there on the marquee which one are you buying a ticket for so that's what we're gonna be fighting over but before we get there in honor of this r-rated comedy one of my favorite r-rated comedies in honor of this episode is the 40 year old virgin and i think the most iconic scene from there like we talked with Richard Nebbins on last episode I asked him what do you think the most iconic you know scene out of that movie is he said the waxing episode and I would have to agree so in honor of this I went I wanted to recreate this I wanted to recreate Steve Carell getting waxed um so I went and I did it I went to uh, I don't even know what you call it a wax shop I went and I bought I bought myself a wax now I don't have a super hairy chest like we all know Steve Carell does he, he's just wearing a rug on his on his chest uh, so i decided to up the ante a little bit and i got a manzillion which is exactly what it sounds like it is a brazilian for men which means my entire undercarriage all my sensitive bits my naughty bits all that i had just ripped and torn at with hot wax and we recorded it for your entertainment so nobody here has listened to this except for me when i experienced it live uh and, and we're gonna go ahead and give it a listen real quick uh, riley you want to play it yeah, all right, here we go. Let's do this. Okay, this is normal. 
There's nothing odd about this. I feel so vulnerable. Yeah. It's definitely got my hair. It's definitely got my hair. Sorry. No, that's good. <laughs> that was an overreaction. Okay, I wasn't expecting it. Okay. I'm ready, I swear. Oh. <laughs> Did it all come off? Yeah. Okay, I thought it was still stuck on there. That was dangling. Okay. I just have so much hair. There's a lot to pull. Oh man. There's the other side. Okay, yeah, now I know what to expect. Hey! That, that one was worse. Ooh, the preparation didn't help. I'm just gonna breathe through. Oh man, why do why do people do this? Now see, I don't have a hairy chest. So like all my hair is spread to other areas. Alright. Oh my god. We're going scrotum. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. Okay, how many how many wax poles, like wax strips is the scrotum gonna take? Hmm. Like five or six? Oh my word, okay. You ready? I'm ready. Oh <laughs> my goodness. Is it on? Is it on? Yes. Oh my word. My heart is racing. Huh? Okay. That's, that's my, oh! That was it. Oh, you really did it. That one wasn't fake. My God. Okay, that one's off? Yep. Okay. I don't want to look. I'm so curious what it looks like, but I don't want to look at it. You know, actually, I think the inner thigh actually hurt worse. This is just like the mind. Like there's such a fear of tearing. Mm-hmm. That can happen. Absolutely. Oh, what? Well, no! No, it's not like it's, I think the technician doesn't know what they're doing. Uh, oh, good. And they put way too big a strip to make it okay. tight enough, they can tear you. Oh, my God. Yep. Oh, holy. Ah! <laughs> that one got some of the bottom hair, too, I think. Whew. Hey. I feel like Vin Diesel. Living my life a quarter mile at a time right here. This is how I get my adrenaline. <laughs> I don't need a race car. Nope. And then there's just the waiting, just waiting for it to dry. Yeah. So we've done two, right? We did two. Okay. Mm -hmm. oh, 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 oh. Okay. Oh, I felt the flop on that one, I think. I feel like I'm in labor. This position and everything in the... I feel like I need Lamaz right now. Oh. I'm gonna feel so weird after this, I feel like. Ah, oh, I didn't even know that one was down there. When did you put that one down there? It was, um, some wax that was stuck in here. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you should, like, ninja waxed me down there. I didn't know what was going on. <sighs> okay. This one's for the people. I feel like Braveheart. I have to do, like, something inspirational here. This is for you guys. When I scream, it's a war cry. <laughs> I have to grip the bed. That's my war cry. That's... <sighs> Stop laughing at me, Megan. Oh, I really was gonna. Oh, I was gonna try and go like a deep Braveheart war cry with that one. It did not. It did not come out as such. Oh man. Okay. This is the bottom. This is the the under. And all of this while my wife watches me. If she wasn't here, I'd be like, oh, babe, I just handled it. Although she can hear it from the waiting room, I'm sure. She would be like, you are lying. No, that was a, a woman in the next room. Ah, ah. Oh, oh, oh. Trying to go deeper. Oh, ooh. Oh, oh no, is it off? Okay. Uh. Okay. Uh. Are we doing a butt strip? 
Yeah, we might as well go full. I'm, I'm committed. It's a question I never thought I would hear asked. Are we doing a butt strip? And me saying, yes, please. Please give me the butt strip. Okay, you know, that's not bad. Yeah, that wasn't so bad. Oh my gosh. Oh my word. Uh, ah! Oh. I thought I felt vulnerable before. Oh my gosh. My legs are straight up like I'm getting a diaper change. I feel ridiculous. I'm trying to get as close in as I can because I don't want to leave a big white strip on your butt cheeks. Okay. Oh no. Oh no. That's gonna be bad. That's gonna be so bad. Yeah, right. I have so much hair. Oh my gosh. Okay. Now we're in there. We're in the promised land now. Ha ha. He. Ah shit. Ah. Okay. Sorry. I'm sorry. That was a lot. Whew. That felt like so much hair. I need an ass to pay. Oh my gosh. I need a drink. Oh, okay. Thank you so much. I, I might come back. Okay. So I know that ended with me saying I might go back. I am not going back. I am done. <laughs> how, was... long, how long ago was that? Uh, that was about a month. About one month. So everything's grown back in since then. Now, okay, just, just to give you a mental image here so you can uh, envision what's going on here. First of all, my wife is sitting in there watching me, which I feel like even emasculates me even more. I'm fully nude, laying on this table. And for, for the beginning part, I'm like butterflied. So like feet are pressed against each other, knees out, almost like in a yoga position, flat. And that's while, while she's doing all the, uh, the super sensitive areas. Then when we had to go butt, when she's like, you want the butt strip? And I was like, sure. Literally, like I said in there, I was like, I was getting a diaper change. I have my legs pulled up, knees to like my head, while a grown woman is down under me rubbing wax on my butt. That's when in the audio, when you hear me going like, oh no, it's like when the <laughs> wax was hitting right on the butt. And I was like, that is going to be bad. And it was. I was correct. So uh, I understand why Steve Carell reacted the way he did in the 40-year-old virgin. It was, it was something. I also love that you were screaming so loud that the, the audio didn't even, like, it just, like, shattered or something. Yeah, there were three shrieks up. where the mic is just like, I can't. I can't handle <laughs> it. I'm done. Uh so when I first listened to it and that happened, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Did I do this whole thing and like it's going to be muted out? Like, was this all for nothing? I would have been very upset. But uh, luckily, uh, there was only a few super, you know, sound barrier shattering uh, shrieks that I had. My gosh, walking into the lobby after that was so humiliating. Because literally everybody was just like, was that you? What, what was going on in there? And I was like, listen, what do you think was going on in there? Like, <laughs> this is a wax parlor. What do you think just happened in there? So this was dedication. It, it was, you know, it. I did it for the people. On a scale one to ten, how painful was it? Yeah, yeah, you know what? It varied. Like, okay, we said we're going scrotum. The scrotum and the inner thighs definitely hurt worse than than the butt. I was I was most worried about the butt. I'm not gonna lie, but uh, that that felt like nothing. The, the inner thighs, dude. I don't know. It was like it was like an eight and a half, eight and a half probably on on the pole. Like, it's just hot wax. She sits there and rubs the hot wax on and sticks the paper. Still, it's just, like, glued. And, you know, I, I'm a hairy guy. My chest isn't super hairy, but I'm a hairy guy in general. So it was uh, it was something I'd never done before, something I don't want to do again. But I felt compelled 
to uh, embody Steve Carell. I mean, he did it for comedy. So uh, who am I to judge? I was going to do it for comedy as well. Yeah, you know, method acting is in the news lately and, you know, getting a bad name. But, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I was I was remarking sort of privately here, you know, to, to the host, to Josh and you know, Matt and Riley and everybody like, you know, I miss that type of comedy. You know, my, all, my neural network was firing inside of my mind as uh, visioning all, you know, I was running a generative adversarial network to envisioning all the, what all the sounds actually map to, you know, and, <laughs> and everything for that, you know, so it was great. Yeah, no, uh, you know, method acting in this case, very important. And, and I loved it. And I think the audience will too. Well, good. Uh, so while we're on the topic, let's, let's just talk, what are some of our favorite r-rated comedies to come out in the 2000s that's where we're, well, that's where we're aiming specifically so you know we're not talking animal house which is you know fantastic but let, let's talk uh you know post 2000 I, the one that comes to mind for me i'll start us off i love super bad i feel like that movie has just an endless rewatchability and i still remember watching that movie in theaters for the first time and it was one of the most uh, you know movie going experiences where i laughed the most out of like any time I've watched a movie. I was laughing throughout that entire movie. So I, I put that as probably my top, you know, at least right now. What do you guys think, Matt? You got it. You got a favorite I mean, or I think you can make the argument that super bad is the best comedy ever made. Like it's, it's, it's there. It's because it's not just a funny movie. It's, it's a good, well-made movie too. And usually with comedies, you get one or the other or not right. usually, but often it'll lean so far into the comedy that, the plot maybe loses a little bit or everything outside of the jokes isn't as strong or they lean more into the, the, the more technical aspects and the, and it's well-made. It's still good, but the jokes kind of fall to the wayside, but super bad. I mean, it, it captures, sure. It's a heightened experience of, of high school, but it captures that, that feeling of you and your best friends are coming to the end of an era. And you right. think everything's going to be exactly the same when you go off to college next year, but it's not. And you, and both, you both know that but you don't know how to prepare for it because it's such a new experience. You've got, you know, graduation, dealing with your parents, end of the year parties, girls, relationships, all of yeah. that stuff. And then they put it together in like a perfectly cast movie. I mean, yeah, Jonah Hill and and Michael Sarah together. Or not Michael Sarah. Is it Michael Sarah? No, yeah, it is. Yeah, dude. And they're yeah, they're like Sarah. a perfect yeah. dude. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking of. Yeah, Jonah Hill, Michael Sarah. Then you've got Seth Rogen and Bill Hader as the, as the idiot cops. McLovin. And like the bit... This is what gets me for for comedies is how funny are like the side of like the bit characters and everybody's hysterical. In super bad, they they nail it. You've got the the drunk guy, the drunk homeless guy on the bus, the two police officers, <laughs> the other kind of dumbass high school kids. The like, dude they who hit that with his car and yeah. has to drive yeah. him to the party. Joe, Joe Latrulio, fantastic yeah. <laughs> in it in the movie for what five minutes tops pretty much perfect the party scene when they go and and sarah's in the in the room and they're, and they're doing cocaine they're asking making him sing He's gotta sing i mean that that movie as far as comedies go is is, is now, way up there when, you, when you're talking about the cast what's great about it is seth rogan had written that movie with the intention of him playing the role of seth you know him and his best buddy uh, is evan goldberg which is why the two leads are seth and evan he wrote it like uh, essentially with them and then you have jonah hill who somewhat at least you know size wise and comedy style resembles uh seth rogan and then evan goldberg is kind of a thinner dorkier dude and they had michael Sarah playing that so by the time they got around to actually getting the movie green green lit to make 
Seth Rogen was too old. He's like, I can't, I can't play the character. And Jonah Hill was fighting so hard for the role, but he's almost the same age as Seth Rogen. And they were like, dude, you're too old too. Like you can't do it. And he was like, no, I think I can pull it off. And he's got the baby face, man. He's got the baby face to do it. So it, he eventually won them over. And I'm so glad he did because that's, that's his best performance. Like that, I think that was his first starring. Like he'd been, he was in the forty year old virgin actually, uh, Jonah Hill for a really small role trying to buy the, the eBay store guy with the, yeah, the fish trying in the to boots. buy fish boots like in the eBay shop. But, he was also uh, in. He had a bit part in Grandma's Boy as well. Oh really? See, I didn't see Grandma's Boy actually. Oh so that blind that one. Me. That's one of the. It's all. It's a bunch of like the side Sandler actors that show up uh -huh. all the time. It's that's an 06 comedy as well, so it kind of fits right in there. That movie, it's I'm looking at it now, it's 15% of Rotten Tomatoes, but 85 audience audience got has that one right. Dude, that's that, a big divide, which that, happens a lot of times. That too. one's great, but but yeah, Jonah Hill, that was, I th yeah, I think that's I think that was right. That was his first like big I think role. It was first lead, yeah, yeah. Uh, and now you know, now he's moved on to doing like dramatic work, even so. Uh, I'm really excited that it happened for him. Chris, what's a what's a comedy, R-rated comedy from the 2000s that just stands out to you? Oh, I've I've got several, but I'll 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 mention that. You can that. give us I a few. Wanna, up for it. I, okay, okay. I I will opine on Superbad real quick. I love McLovin. That was great. The thing, you know, the kind of general commentary I would have is like post the In Living Color Mad TV era, Ben Stiller show era. Right. There were sets of comedians that didn't have the sketch opportunity to kind of get together. And then there was agency, you know, at the at the film and the production companies. You know, it goes, it ebbs and flows. Like the 80s, I think, were a really big, uh, uh -huh. you know, era, you know, is where you had Three Amigos, Who's Harry Crumb and things oh, like that. Yeah, and then, you know, absolutely. yeah, you get into you get into the 2000s, you know, and again, like In Living Color is ending, you know, Mad TV's ending. There's no Ben Stiller show. And then so you have all these like the up and coming comedians who are kind of coming together. And like, like you guys were just talking about, it's like, Oh yeah. You know, Michael Sarah was in, or, you know, or Jonah Hill had a bit role in this, but then he followed on and, you know, yeah. he showed up and, you know, that, that exactly. They stick together. And, and so you see that a lot. So for me, you know, when I was thinking about and doing some research for this, for me, it's scary movie. I am a, uh, there, there are two things I love. It's comedy and horror, <laughs> you know, right. and uh, it's it, unique and the Wayans brother. So there's three things I love, <laughs> you know, so I'm a huge and living color fan, huge fan of don't be a menace while drinking your juice in the hood. That was a great, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's, you know, movie in my, you know, era and yeah, scary movie. I mean, you know, you bring Anna Ferris, uh, you know, playing the Sydney Prescott role. She did it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and gave her her agency to become, you know, to grow into, you know, a bigger star, you know, you had the Wayans brothers themselves and incorporate sort of the modern, uh, you know, pot smoking era, you know, and all that, yeah. or, you know, and, and definitely had, you know, that, but then it also combined, which I love, I just think the Wayans brothers do so well, movies of that era. So it's not like it was just parodying Scream, but it, you know, it parodies, I know what you did last summer, you know, and a number of other things, it parodies the Matrix. <laughs> you know it's got the and trinity scene <laughs> the thing about the parody movies is we got a slew of those just but terrible ones we got a slew of terrible parody movies just disaster one movie. disaster movie <laughs> superhero movie all this but to make a good one you know like what they what we used to get with like naked gun and that sort of thing to get a really good parody movie is it does take skill and scary movie especially the first one was done so well that and like not another team movie i think not oh, yeah. another team movie was done super super well and totally. you can do a spoof movie that's just making fun of other movies well and i i think you're right scary movie was like a perfect a perfect example of it
Yeah, yeah. And then my other one, when I was doing some research that I, I just had forgot. I mean, it was later 2000s. I loved forgetting Sarah Marshall. You know, so Russell good. Brand in that was so good. You know, you know, Mila Kunis. I, you know, I love Jason Siegel. I love all of them. And, you know, that and then Hawaii is also near and dear to my heart. It's, it's like my second home. And I, I love Hawaii. And, and just having it kind of happen in the islands. It was. Yeah, I, I love that movie. So, I, yeah, I saw that one in theaters as well. And that was another one that caught me by. I think I saw that movie in theaters without even having seen a trailer for it. I didn't know what I was going into. And. Dude, it's so funny. And Jason Siegel, I feel like he almost always plays the same character. He's just playing himself, just kind of the big goofy, just kind of, oh, you know, I don't know what's going on, like everyday kind of guy. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But I feel like that was him at his high point. That was when it worked the absolute best was in forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh, me too. Me too. And uh, Josh, also, as someone who never watched How I Met Your Mother, and sorry, you know, Jason Segal, I didn't watch it, <laughs> you know, but I, I wasn't my era, you know, and, and all right. that. But, uh, you know, yeah, I and I totally get what you just said. I think if you were watching that show along, I know a lot of people got annoyed because it was, it is, from going back and seeing it, very, very similar character, plays the same yes. character over and over again. But to me, it was new, too. I mean, not only... I never watched that show, but I kind of walked in the same way as you, you know, to that, you know, movie. So I didn't watch a trailer or anything for it either. All right. Uh, Riley, what do you what do you got on your notepad in there of, uh, of funny movies? What makes you chuckle? Oh, uh, well, there are many, there are many, but I, I ones that come to mind are uh, Bruce Almighty, uh, Tropic yeah. Thunder, Tropic Tro- Thunder. Dude, Tropic Thunder. Oh, so good. That is such a great movie. You know, with Tropic Thunder, the the, the line that gets quoted the most or the scene is, of course, Robert Downey Jr. I'm a dude playing dressed as a dude playing another dude, that sort of thing. But I think the funniest moment, the moment that I laughed the absolute hardest at, and I laugh at every time I watch that movie, is when Ben Stiller decides to stay behind because they love him. He's like, these are my people. I'm going to stay with them and just keep acting out the scene. And they're all leaving and they're getting on the helicopter. And then he comes sprinting back to them and the kid's just on his shoulder stabbing him. And he's like, no, wait for me, wait for me. That part makes me laugh. And he just throws the kid off the bridge, just chucks him off the bridge. That, that is the was... funniest scene. Yeah, I think you're I've seen a long time. You're right. I that was one of my favorite scenes as well. Dude, and there's been a lot even more recently. Like Game Night wasn't that long ago. You guys remember Game Night? Game Night kind was of. hilarious. Yeah, I, ju- I actually just rewatched that maybe a week or two ago. Jesse Plemons in that is one of the best, Perfect. most like most like inspired casting choices in a long time. The Tostitos Frito Lay bit is right. <laughs> delivered so dryly, but Dude. it's so good. That that movie, Jason Bateman was perfect in that in that role. Yeah. That just the 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 sarcastic, you know, witty humor. I, I love that movie. Yeah, great movie. That and Blockers are two of the more recent ones that I think just really stand out. And then you got some that didn't do well that kind of fell off. What's the one? Uh, Mike and something need wedding dates. What is it, Mike? You know? Mike and Dave, I think, need wedding dates with yeah, Mike Zach, and Dave Zach Efron, and Adam Devine, yeah. Anna Kendrick, it got and I think kind of Plaza. Panned, panned by critics. But the movie's hilarious. Like, I can rewatch that movie and still laugh every time I watch it. I mean, th- those those four leads are are so strong. You're going to get at least a few good jokes out of, out of those four actors. Right. I don't think right. any. I don't think anyone mentioned, but The Hangover. Uh, it was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, uh, Get Smart with uh, Steve Carell and The Rock. Hilarious. 
Uh, I, I mean, I do love me some Steve Carell, but he's he's hit or miss in movies as well. He's you know, like the you mentioned Bruce Almighty, Evan Almighty is like atrocious. That movie's like hard to get through, but the, not because of Steve Carell. Steve Carell's awesome. So if we're talking about cast, this is actually probably a good segue to we're about to create our own movies here. All right. So we get to pick a director, a lead. The lead can be male or female. A supporting can be male or female and a love interest for the lead can be male or female. Then we're going to give a title and a tagline for our movie posters. We can give a little description about what the movie's about. If we please, we don't have to. And uh, these posters are going to get made up by our editor, by our producer, Preston, who runs MCU Portal. And uh, you guys are going to choose which movies you want to go see. So, Matt, do you have a generator randomizer to, to come up with the order? Yep, right now. We have uh, Matt, Riley, Josh, and Chris is going to be our draft order. Okay. And we'll be doing uh, standard snake draft. Um, so, Chris, it'll wrap around. You'll get two back-to-back picks. And then when it comes back to me, I get two again. So, it's one, one, two, three, four, four, three, two, one, and so on until we're done. And so, we're playing. You don't have to go in order of director, lead, supporting, uh, love interest. We can kind of pick and choose, but we're going to save the title for for the anchor for the for number five correct all right so, all right, I'm so gonna matt start you said you're up. here i'm gonna go so i have my my director my lead actually i have all i got three of the four set of who i want the director lead and love interest the love interest i feel a little less confident on that that they'll be there when okay. if i if i wait and i think it's going to be a be a bit of a surprise that this person is going as a love interest and not as the lead role all right. It'll make sense. I'm going now, to hold on. Wait, real quick. I want to clarify something. So we're playing once like you choose somebody, Matt, you choose a lead. I can't choose that lead anymore. What if you choose somebody as a support or as a love interest? Can I still take them as a lead or are they just off the board? I would, I would say one, any, anytime someone off is gone board? is drafted. They're just, they're just done. Okay. Make All right. I just want to clarify before. Wait, we wait, wait, what about as director? Ooh. I say I, they can be reused as director. Yes. Okay. And, right, and vi- vice versa. Yep. So if you take someone as a director, they can be taken as an actor. And if you take okay, them as an actor, that's a good rule. All right. Now okay, we know. Okay. We're good to go. For my love interest, Ryan Gosling. Oh. I mean, the guy can do anything, anything. I mean, he's got the comedic chops. He's got the dramatic chops. He's got the uh-huh. action comedy chops. He's got the romantic comedy chops. Right. I mean, he, he can have, he's got chemistry with, with with a box with a piece of cardboard like he can act with anybody so getting him is key because if but you know what if i get he didn't snake, have chemistry with me in first man sorry i had to just point that out that's you weren't acting with him though if you were in the movie you would have had chemistry <laughs> yeah. my 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 other roles i can i can pivot a little bit if i need to okay but he he is key to this to this role um that Anyone I, I bring it after is going to be just dynamite against him. That's a solid pick, man, because he's he's not traditionally known for comedy, but we've seen him do uh, comedy in what Crazy Stupid Love. What's the one he did with Russell Crowe? The 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 nice guys. The nice guys. Absolutely he, incredible movie. It's hilarious. And the movie. nice guys is is so funny. It's it was so underseen from what I remember, at least. If you haven't yeah. seen that, it's it's hysterical. Go watch it right away. Great okay. way to cap off cap off whatever night you're on, whether it's a Wednesday night you listen to this or the coming weekend, pop it on. You won't be disappointed. That's a good strong pick, Matt. Matt, starting off strong. Riley, who who are you going and what are you picking? I am picking Owen Wilson as a supporting character. Okay. 
Yeah, that's what I think. All right, what's your reasons? What do you got? Well, I I think he'll have chemistry with the lead that I'm going to pick. Well, that makes me wonder if your lead is Ben Stiller right off the bat. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> Question, though. Will he say, wow, in your movie? Oh, I he has to. to. Okay. He has to. All right. He's a wow guy. Okay, so now, now it comes to me. Um, I'm going to just start off. I'm going to go straight with the lead, and I'm, I want to grab him up before he gets grabbed up. Uh, Matt, you made my heart race a little bit when you made your pick uh, because I'm going Ryan Reynolds, and I thought that's who you were going for uh, when you said it, and I thought you were stealing him from me. So I'm going Ryan, Ryan Reynolds because he is he is comedy. Like his delivery, he, he has that sarcastic, snarky, just deadpan kind of delivery. And not only that, listen, I'm going for who's going to, who's going to want to buy tickets to this movie. And Ryan Reynolds is, he's a box office gold. Like people love Ryan Reynolds. I'm not a huge Ryan Reynolds fan. At least I'm coming around to him. I'll tell you that I'm coming around recently, but back in the day, like uh, early two thousands and stuff, I did not like Ryan Reynolds back when he was doing uh, what's the one where he was uh, or in waiting and stuff like that. I wasn't a fan. But now he's done Deadpool. He's done Free Guy. He's banging out some big ones. Uh, and I think his face on a poster is going to make people want to see it. So I'm going Ryan Reynolds. And did you say that is that as your lead? That is my lead. Matt, are you taking notes on these just in case we get turned around? I am. I wasn't sure if you were. It's more so for my – so I don't try to draft somebody who's already taken, but I can just track Yeah, if you want to just keep track for us, I'd appreciate sure. it. All right, so Chris – all right. Well, okay. So it's not long and hard about this too. And, you know, you might've had, this might not be a surprise given the first movie that I've sort of picked out of the 2000s for comedy, but my director would be Keenan Ivory Wayne. Um, okay. I think he's fantastic. I'm a big fan of obviously everything he's done, both sketch and in film for comedy. I think he's due for a reboot. I think, you know, we need to see him again behind the camera. And so he's, he's my director. Um, and, so then uh, I think I get two picks. So you, I'm going to go double back up. And I, I just want to, double... I just want to yeah. say something based off what you said, like he's due for a reboot. That's a perfect example of like, we're going for like a two thousands movies here. So it doesn't have to be somebody who's currently popping out movies, but it's gotta be somebody who's alive, like making, <laughs> who could possibly make a movie. So yeah, so that's a, that's a great example. And with uh, reanimation and avatars and things like that, we don't even talk about people <laughs> who are dead, but you know, <laughs> that's true. Um, so, uh, so my lead is going to be uh, someone that we've seen recently. It's uh, it's going to be Keanu Reeves. Um, I think he okay. has very broad strokes. We might, we've seen him recently in in Matrix Four, the you know Resurrections, which I was like one of the first posters on Quora begging for that movie before anyone talked about it. You know, ten years ago, oh, Matrix dang. was a game changing <laughs> life for me. You know, for me in 1999 at USC Bovard Auditorium, where I saw its premiere, early mm-hmm. premiere, and. Uh, such a great movie but yeah Keanu obviously in comedy Bill and Ted's I mean he's been in a number of different comedies yeah. and I love them he can do comedy so oh yeah he definitely can he did what always be my maybe he played my he played himself like on in that Netflix movie one of the funniest oh, like, cameos I've ever seen absolutely pitch perfect and and you're talking about uh the matrix and how phenomenal it was. Obviously that's not a comedy, so I don't want to go too far into it, but you talked about seeing it in theaters. That was actually the first R rated movie I ever saw in theaters. Like I was a kid and I had no idea what it was because I was a kid and I went to see it and it just blew my mind. I remember parts of it scared me when they dropped like the little, the agents put the bug on his stomach and it like claws into him. I was like covering my eyes, but I came out of it. Like that movie was amazing. Um, 
so great pick. Okay, so it's it's back to me now, right? Yep. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and pick a supporting, and for my supporting, I feel like I almost changed my mind on my supporting in in lieu of recent news. Like, okay, I I don't know a lot about this news, so I don't want to talk in depth about it. But I heard, okay, there was a movie that was being made and it was stopped because Bill Murray was accused of inappropriate behavior. Have you guys heard about this? Yeah, I don't. At least not that I've seen as of as of our recording here. I haven't seen what it was exactly like what he did. Just that it was something to someone that he intended as a joke that wasn't taken that way is how right. I've seen it framed. So, which is why I feel comfortable still holding on to this. Like I'm not going to jump to judgments and say, "Oh, Bill Murray did something" when I know nothing about it. I don't know anything about it. But the movie that I have in mind, I see Bill Murray as my support. This dude is an icon. Like, he has been making comedies for longer than I have been alive, and he is still just as relevant today and still as highly regarded today. So I am going to go supporting cast member Bill Murray. Can't argue with that. I mean, he's a comedy legend. He's a comedy legend. So, uh, Riley, I've got uh, Ryan Reynolds and Bill Murray. You are up. I am picking for my lead. Ben Stiller. I you guessed knew it. correctly. You guessed <laughs> correctly. So uh, I think he and Owen Wilson will have great chemistry. Of course they do. And and I think it's going to be a, a a movie that people are going to be excited to see him together. So that's my pick. All right, dude. Listen, those guys. You just got to look at Zoolander. All right. That's really you have to look no further to know that those two are hilarious together. They've done a bunch of movies together. Some are better than others. But if you're not laughing your ass off through Zoolander, then then your comedy bones broken. That's that's how I feel. So I feel like that's a good pairing, man. That's, yeah. that's a good pick. Ben Stiller follows me on Twitter and he's a great guy and he supports a number of uh, UN UNARA refugee uh, initiatives that I'm a fan of. They're mutual oh, friends. So he's dude, a great that's guy. Awesome. That's awesome. Ryan's All right, got, the, uh, got the the good guy bonus for his pick there too. Yeah. All right, Matt. All right. Where are we um, going here? So Matt, my, you're you're finishing up here then. Your your draft, right? You're going to be picking nope. it because I I ha- I've only taken one. Oh, okay. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Right. So I'll be taking my next two here for my director. I'm going to go with Taika Waititi. Oh, dude. So That's that crazy. that man is as creative a mind as there is in Hollywood right now. I mean, if he can make a movie about a little Nazi who is an imaginary friend with Adolf Hitler hysterical, the guy can do do anything. He Dude. he he revitalized the Thor franchise. The first two were average at best if you're being kind. Third one, basically universally loved. What yes. we do in the shadows, hysterical movie. That's like, the one I was gonna bring up, dude. What we do in the shadows is he's so just got that weird funny. kind of goofball humor. That's gonna work perfectly, I think, for the for the movie that I've got in mind. Um, so he's on board as my director, and for my, I'm gonna go with my lead. Um, my 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 supporting is what I am a little iffy on. So I'm gonna let that sit, see if anyone I'm considering gets drafted. Maybe the decision gets made for me. Okay. But for for my lead, this is I'm guessing going to be a surprise. It's someone who often gets relegated to supporting roles. And people are always saying, oh, this person, once again, is underused. This person needs to get their own movie. So I've got him covered. I'm going Judy Greer for my lead. Okay. I, I do like Judy Greer. I, I think pick. she's 
she's amazing. She's she's always funny in everything she does. I've listened to her in interviews and whatnot. She's fun. She's actually funny in real life. I think she just she deserves something to kind of be hers. And this may not win me the Twitter poll with a name like Judy Greer. Could have gone Emma Stone or Sandra Bullock, something like that. But I'm going for the movie that I want to make. And that movie has Judy Judy Greer in that number one spot. Dude, that's a that that's a solid pick, man. I like Judy Greer. She's she's always fantastic. Like you said, she's she's maybe not like a, a name that's going to pull people in. But once you're there, if you're watching it, you know, nobody ever has anything bad to say about her. I think what, what she's most mostly doing right now is the Halloween movies, uh, which aren't, you know, specifically comedy. But but she's fantastic. Yeah, she's in the Ant-Man movies. She, she has a great recurring role um, from Arrested Development. If you, ha- if you haven't seen that, the first few seasons are great. Oh, yeah. She's fantastic there. Yeah, can't go wrong. Big fan okay. from Chris, so nice pick. There Great we pick go. Now. All right, um, so now it goes back to Riley. All right. Riley, refresh us. What do you got right now in your movie? I've got... Uh, ben Stiller uh, and Owen ben, Wilson. Yes, Ben Stiller okay. and Owen Wilson. All right, I'm going with the director. There's never... I was going to go with somebody else. I was actually going to go with Ben Stiller to direct the film, but I'm going with the director that shits with what I'm trying to do here. Okay, smart. And that is the director of the the show that you just raved about not long ago. Peacemaker. James Ooh. Gunn. Yeah. Old James Gunn as director. Okay. Dude, that's solid. Okay. Yeah. So I would, I, dude, I would love to see what James Gunn would do with a duo of Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson, man. I think it'd be hilarious. Yeah. I think it'd be really funny. So, uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, we're back to Chris. Oh, no, we're to me. We're to me. Where do you, Josh? I was about to correct you. Yep, I'm last with my last two. Okay, then you know what? I'm going to go with my love interest. So I have Ryan Reynolds as my lead. And for the love interest, I was torn. Um, You know, I was torn with whether I wanted a female lead or a male lead. And when I decided a male lead, I was torn with where I wanted to go with the love interest because I think the pool that I was immediately looking at is – bridesmaids for comedic female you know talent like bridesmaids is that was a movie we didn't bring up but that movie is so funny and Kristen wig and melissa mccarthy rebel wilson my rudolph they're all hilarious rose byrne who who does you know comedy with neighbors she's not typically thought of as comedy but she does a lot of comedy and she's great at it so that's i really wanted like a Kristen wig but i feel like she's She's too old and her chemistry wouldn't be there for Ryan Reynolds for the lead I chose. So I'm actually going to go with one of my favorite comedic actresses who I feel like has kind of fallen out of fame a little bit. I haven't seen her doing anything in a while. And this would be the movie that's going to bring her back to the top. I'm going Anna Kendrick. All right. Anna Kendrick. I think she is hilarious. She's also one of my celebrity crushes. So that doesn't hurt. Um, And she's going to play opposite Ryan Reynolds. Love her. Love her and everything. But yeah, she hasn't really been doing much, man. Kind of blows my mind. I'm trying to think of what I've last seen her in. But yeah, I do think it's been been a while. What has she been I up to? I think what she, her biggest claim to fame, at least with the, the wide you know, audience, is probably Pitch Perfect. You know, she's, she's amazing in Pitch Perfect. But, but she has so many other comedy movies where she just is a standout. She's one of those actresses like we talked about with Ryan Reynolds or other people, it's just their delivery. She can deliver a line with just enough, you know, quip and dry humor. And it, she's just always on point, dude. I feel good about it. That's where I'm going. If you haven't seen her 
um, in A Simple Favor. That that's oh, yeah. one of my like favorite movies of the last few years. One of the best surprises that I just kind of went in not knowing anything about it. And I did the I, same. Dude, I, were, I adore that movie. I there was not so a lot of promotion for that. So I just happened to be at the theater. I went and saw this movie alone. And I was the only person in the theater. And I walked up and I just saw the poster. And I was like, I'm a country. What is this? Like, I'd never even heard of it. And no, a lot of times what I'll do is if I'm thinking about a movie, I'll pull up and watch the trailer if I haven't seen it. But I was like, you know what? This day and age, I never get to watch a movie without having seen a trailer or knowing anything about it. So I was like, I'm going to go in. But who, who directed that? Because I was it was um, that, that was like um, Paul Feig. Who yes. Was it? Yes. Yep. So somebody who does just straight comedy. So I was expecting like a straight up hilarious comedy. And then it turned out to be like a dark mystery thriller comedy. Like it was not what I expected. Yep. That movie is is so much fun. All right. So um very good. So who, who's up now? Now it's uh, now it's now, Chris. Now it's Chris with his last two picks. Yeah, yeah. So so my last two, uh, the first is going to be uh, uh, the female interest, uh, and for me, it's it's going to be I don't know, kind of kind of one that's out there too. You know, uh, Zoe Kravitz. So Zoe Kravitz for me, she was in the Batman, you know, mm-hmm. recently, but she's been in a number of movies. You know, she's been in you know, X-Men First Class, you know, she's been in things like Mad Max, she's been in, you know, she's been in some recent TV series, like, I loved yeah. her in Big Little Lies, you know, I thought she was fantastic in that, and she's also done, uh, you know, some some bigger box office ones with the Fantastic Beast. She hasn't done a lot of comedy, I think she's going to excel at it, she has tremendous range, and it's sort of demonstrated that, and, you know, just, I love Zoe Kravitz, I think she's fantastic, so she's right for some comedic, uh, uh, she's right for some comedic lead actress, lead actressing. So, uh, lead female interesting. So, yeah, I would um, definitely yeah. agree. So, uh, she's my first pick. And then my final pick, you know, just in terms of the supporting role is, uh, is Elizabeth Olsen. So I love, you know, Wanda, you know, Wanda's on the mind. It's the multiverse of madness this week, Yeah. but also Wanda vision, you know, Elizabeth Olsen showed tremendous range. She could, you know, be, uh, 60s era, you know, housewife. She could be, you know, a 70s era, um, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, a- athletic, but mom. She could be, right. you know, an 80s era, you know, friend, you know, to, you know, one of my favorite, uh, you know, uh, recent actresses who's getting, you know, the Agatha uh, show, uh, you know, Catherine. Um, For sure, oh gosh, yeah. What is her? Han, yeah, Catherine Han. Yeah, Catherine, Catherine Han. Han. Love Catherine Han. She's great. And uh, but yeah, so anyways, Elizabeth Olsen has shown a lot of, I'd say, range, you know, in that. And she's my kind of final uh, supporting actress in my cast. So. Dude, you want to talk about range, man. Some of the first movies she was doing, like Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene and um, like Silent House, where she was doing like straight dramas or thrillers and stuff. She really does have range. Totally different than the type of movies she's doing right now. Uh, I think great choice. And you're talking about marketability. Everybody loves Wanda and everybody loves Elizabeth Olsen. So I think that's a really solid pick. I'm kind of jealous. I wish I'd picked her. <laughs> All right. Uh, so it's bouncing back to me now. Yep. For director. Okay. Uh, he hadn't been picked and we were just talking about him. So I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go Paul Feig who normally does female led comedies. You know, he did bridesmaids, the heat ghostbusters spy, but, um, all his movies are hilarious. I think he brings the best out of his cast. I think he's got a really great eye, even though, okay, the Ghostbusters, you know, reboot, the the female-led Ghostbusters had a great cast. I didn't think it was very funny, but I'm willing to overlook that smudge on his record. Uh, 
for Bridesmaids alone. All right, Bridesmaids alone and Spy, man, those movies are hilarious. I think that uh, that's who I want. That's who I'm going with. Josh, what did you think of the new Ghostbusters? I loved it, so I don't know. I, I didn't love it. I liked it, but I didn't love it. I thought it was a little bit too much of a rehash, and I felt like it took itself a little bit more seriously than I wanted, but um, it was still fun. I liked it. Okay. All right. So who, who are we bouncing to now? Riley? This is Riley with his last pick, his love interest. All right. So I think I picked somebody who could be funny, but also sell tickets. Um, Jennifer Aniston. I'm picking Jennifer Aniston. Okay, yeah, for sure. I think that's solid. What's your reasoning? I just think that the she's probably at the right age with uh, with uh, Ben Stiller and yeah, Owen Wilson, absolutely. and I, you know, I think she's funny. I love Friends. Um, you know, I just I think she would be a, a box office draw. So I'm going. I mean, to... what we are the Millers was that the big like last big comedy we saw her in? Probably. She has another been... one that. Didn't do great with critics, but that's just a funny movie. It you is, just it didn't is. watch that movie. Yeah. It is funny. And and honestly, like, yeah, she hasn't been in much lately, but she's really the only actor on Friends that made the jump successfully to movies. So, oh, yeah, for sure. So you I can did. make the argument second best for maybe Courtney Cox, but really all she yeah. All she ever really did that was huge was Scream. You know, she didn't right. do much outside of the Scream franchise. I so, no, I would agree with you. You know who else yeah. I was thinking if I was making your movie, just based on who you had? Drew Barrymore was somebody that popped into mind to to hang out oh, with those two. But, that um, would have been good, too. That but no, I think you too. did good. I, I, I like your picks. So, um, we're back to Matt for your final pick then, right? Yep. For my, my supporting character here, man, I just... I'm sure as we all kind of found kind of just kind of planning this out that there's just no shortage of just comedy legends oh, who are yeah. either either coming up on the scene now in the last few years or who are established, who are still working. I mean, we've got a good mix, I think, of kind of old school, if you will, and, and some of the new school. And for my last pick, I'm definitely going to lean to the new school. I think he's going to play off of Judy Greer very well just in the kind of the neurotic role that I need him to be. And I'm taking Sam Richardson of, okay. of Veep fame. Mr. One of the, Richard Splett, one of the, one oh, of the, one of the yeah. funniest characters from TV. I'm glad you had that to show me because as soon as you showed me, it clicked. I didn't know who you were talking about at first. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, I could have taken every just various well, wait, people the from, from The Good Place. No, that's um, okay. Then maybe that's I'm William Jackson Harper. All right, He's I'm the main character up. there, but but Sam Richardson, he was also just in the Apple oh. show, the, the After Party, which is also very, very good. He was just in the movie Werewolves Within. Yes, he's also yes, in that. I know exactly what you're talking about, yeah. He's got a, he had a small role, actually, in season two of Ted Lasso. Okay. The guy just always delivers, and I considered having him be, for my lead, because I think he's just one of the funniest most underrated still people working right now, but I needed Judy Greer in that lead spot. So I've got him, Sam Richardson coming in for my supporting dude. Werewolves within was like such a surprise to me last year. I absolutely love that movie. Cause Chris, like you said, how you love comedy and horror. That's how I am. So if you haven't seen werewolves within, it is so good. It's like a murder mystery comedy where somebody's a really? werewolf and they don't know who the werewolf is and they're killing off people. It's so good. And it's so funny. 
I'm, I'll, I'll definitely, I'll, I'll add it to my list. Uh, I'm, my interest is peaked. So, uh, Matt, then we're going to circle back to you for, for a title. So with the title, you can give us just the title, or you can give us title, tagline, a summary. Let's see. Well, let, let me run the through the, the completed drafts here just to kind yeah. of re- refresh for everyone. So for me, I've got um, directed by Taika Waititi with Judy Greer in the lead, Sam Richardson supporting, Ryan Gosling as the love interest. Riley has James Gunn directing, Ben Stiller in the lead, Owen Wilson supporting, Jennifer Aniston love interest. Josh has got Paul Feig behind the camera, Ryan Reynolds leading things, Bill Murray supporting, Anna Kendrick as a love interest, and Chris has Keenan Ivory Waynes. Surprise of the draft. I love the pick. Never would have come up with that one. I love it. (laughs) Directing the movie here. Keanu Reeves in the lead, Elizabeth Olsen supporting. And Zoe Kravitz as the love interest. Um, does anyone else? I need to finalize. Does anyone, does anyone have their things set in stone and want and want to go ahead of me here? I, I can because uh, I know I my can... plot. I'm still selling on the title though. All right, then uh, Riley, you would be after Matt. You got a title and stuff ready for your movie? Yeah, uh, I think I got a title. All right, give um, it to us, and we'll circle back to Matt. It's called Save the Day. Save it's the a... day. It's a uh, superhero spoof, but not a full spoof. Okay. Uh, where Owen Wilson and Ben Stiller are superhero uh, superheroes in a world of superheroes, like the Marvel Universe, where there's right. you know thousands of superheroes, and they're trying to get their moment to shine because there's so many superheroes like out there. And they're, they're, it's it's so crowded, and it sort of also like plays like um, I, the way I imagine it, playing kind of a a play on uh, DC trying to catch up with Marvel, where they are trying to catch up with the big superhero team in that universe, and they want to start they want to form their own team, but they're also both in love with uh jennifer aniston's character so that, right. cre- that creates some conflict there and you know we saw ben stiller in mystery men that's right doing, doing something similar we know he can do it man that's mystery right. men is like almost a forgotten just comedy movie that was amazing i just rewatched it for the first time in forever like last year still hilarious yeah so i think they would both be able to pull this off and pull off the uh like underdogs of this universe to try to try to you know grow their superhero brand and okay. i just think it'd be a, a hilarious mixture of a james gunn he, he knows superheroes he knows comedy and i think this mix would be a uh a hilarious box office draw all right uh matt you ready or are you gonna hold off again I'm still gonna hold off if if someone if that's okay if someone else. All right, I'm next in line, so I'll go ahead and go. We'll let you slide, Matt. Uh, all right, my title is going to be "There Ain't No Spanking on the Glory Train." That's the name of my movie. All right, there ain't no spanking on the Glory Train. So we got Ryan Reynolds and Anna Kendrick are about to be married. So they are on the train heading out to their marriage location. Uh, Bill Murray is the priest. 
or the ordained you know minister who's going to wed them he's on the train as well as their family and uh anna kendrick just has a super like strong sex drive and they can't find any alone time because they got Bill Murray over them, trying to guilt them into you're not married yet. You can't be doing this, that sort of thing, as well as the family drama, because they're both their families are on there. They're trying to play up, you know, their their image. Um, so I think that one thing Paul Feig does really well with his comedies is is heart. He always has the heart come in. So I feel like with this being leading up to a wedding, there could be a whole lot of time for heart for mending, finding out what's really important in their relationship, as well as, you know, some R-rated sex comedy. Uh, there ain't no spanking on the glory train. So that's where we're going. Matt, you ready? Yeah, let me uh, describe the the plot here. I'll try to come <laughs> up, try to finish the title. Well, I'm, I'm, I suck at naming things. Like I, it's, one, it's one of my least favorite things to do. Whether I'm titling just a movie, movie review or whatever, I absolutely despise it. I'm never happy with it. That's not just, that, that's not just me lowering expectations. That's just, that's just right. how it is. So in my movie here, um, I've got Judy Greer, who starts dating Ryan Gosling. And you're kind of first off in the movie, she's going through the dating scene or whatever like that. She finally meets, you know, the guy or the guy person she thinks is the guy. Um, but then things take a turn. He turns out to be kind of a creep. He's a really bad guy, actually. She discovers all these secrets and all that. So all right. she takes him out to Joshua Tree or some other popular but desert type area um, to kind of play a prank on him, scare him, kind of teach him a lesson in her mind before breaking things off. But things go wrong and he dies. Oh boy. So now she's got um, this death that she's maybe directly, maybe indirectly responsible for and she needs to figure out what to do to one, either hide the body, admit to the crime, just leave and see what happens. And she had her best friend, played by Sam Richardson, there to kind of tape it, to kind of tape his reaction, kind of hold it over him as a form of embarrassment. So he has this tape on he, he has the the death on tape and so right. they're working together on how to what they got to do so it's kind of a mix of a simple favor maybe a little game night similar All to right. maybe the the player the tim robbins movie from the early yeah. 90s and i think with taika watiti behind the camera for this kind of a black comedy i think he can he can take it to that kind of absurd level where you're okay you know rooting for these people even right. though they they may or maybe not just killed somebody now it wasn't a direct murder but they right. were still pretty much responsible for it. Gotcha. Um, my my first my first title that that it that it came to mind is a good date gone bad. Okay. And I'll just leave it at that because I got nothing better. Okay. So a good date gone bad. Chris, what's your movie? Yeah. You know, uh, I was I was gonna I was gonna tell uh, I was gonna tell Matt. You know, that's a good title. Uh, don't don't beat yourself. That's not bad. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. this is kind of hard to do. You know, uh, you know, off the cuff or whatever. I appreciate the support. Listen, not everybody yeah. can come up with there ain't no spanking on the glory train. All right, there's only a few. I of mean, a... I mean, fair. sex that's is just point. the easy one to draw from. So you know, Josh, I'm gonna give you like mild credit for that. But <laughs> you know, like you know, you get a bunch of you know guys together and you know the teenage uh, you know he heeing and hawing come out. Right pretty easy you know here um yeah yeah so so mine draws from the classic uh you know i was in scary movie mode so it draws from the class you know what better director than to direct a parody and this parody is going to weave together modern uh non-scary movies but it's going to you know weave together some movies that are on my mind so it's called no way home after resurrecting ourselves from the multiverse of madness you know and and so and and basically you know it's it's from the creators of Don't Be a Menace to Society While Drinking Your Juice in the Hood. We've got Wendy, 
And she's transported, she's played by Elizabeth Olsen. She's transported from New York to East Los Angeles, but it's not your typical East Los. You know, everything looks a little bit of different. And, you know, she's a tarot card reader. And, you know, so basically it kind of relates a little bit uh, since Elizabeth Olsen is playing it. She can't be Wanda, but she's a tarot card reader in this, you know, right. and, and so that's she's she's a witch and but not, a real, you know, a real modern witch, you know. And, you know, so she's she's transported somehow to Los to East Los from New York. And, and, you know, just everything's looking a little different. And these are three kind of parallel stories that are kind of playing out together. And it's going to be like one of those movies where they all have something where their paths cross and it's going to relate in a particular way. So Zoe Kravitz plays Trinity Kyle. Uh, She's a barista. She's got a grip of student loan debt and she's trying to find herself. And so to get rid of that student loan debt, she robs people. She takes from the rich. She doubles as a mass crusader at night and she wears a lot of skin tight outfits, kind of similar. It's a mix, mix between, you know, I'll say Trinity from the matrix movies and also uh, you know, the, the modern play on Catwoman, you know, so she's going to be wearing a lot of that. And then, um, you know, she holds a key to kind of unraveling a core mystery uh, for this gentleman. And his name is Tempest Sanderson. And uh, that's played by Keanu Reeves. And so it's not quite Thomas Anderson, but it's a little bit different. Right. And, you know, he keeps waking up in the middle of the night and he's believing kind of something is off with his day. You know, he's seeing, you know, instead of a cat, he keeps seeing a dog over and over again. You know, so there's not the, you know, it's not the cat that he sees to see right. the deja vu. It's a dog. You know, it could be a parrot. I don't know. It could be something else. But, you know, let, let, let Keenan go to town, you know, and, and pick, you know, whatever, you know, makes sense to this. And yeah, he works at the largest, you know, Tempest Sanderson works at the largest streaming service in Hollywood. And, you know, it, again, it just seems off to him. So it's like turning the camera inward, letting it play out. And so these three, these three characters have a key role to play in helping each other kind of unlock the mysteries of, of you know, these places that they're in, some of which don't make sense to them. And, and that could involve the places that they're in, but also variants of themselves in the past present and future so there you go that's my movie it combines the matrix it combines uh, multiverse of madness wandavision and no way home so well chris if you need some more time to think about this because it doesn't seem like you've really put much thought into this one if you need some extra time to come up with something <laughs> i'm delaying really just well for the title he's got entire notes. i've only got half spin. pages of notes you know i did write some computer program for to generate this movie too so if you no. need it <laughs> I'll be honest, man. I think all all of these movies could, you know, dominate at the multiplex right now. I would actually buy tickets to any of these movies. Um, well, I'm excited. So that's our draft. We got four good R-rated comedies up here, ready for the masses to uh, to make you laugh, make you chuckle, make you hee hee, however you laugh. And uh, I think that's going to wrap up our episode, man. This is like our longest longest episode here i think so uh say chris can i can i throw one movie science question at you since since we we got you here sure now now if you don't have an answer right away we don't have to do it but what what's a movie that that you've seen that is pretty accurate scientifically that most people will be surprised about or on the flip side what's a movie that gets a lot of credit but you don't think actually works on a realistic scientific level yeah, well, great. I've, I've got kind of like two examples uh, of that. Uh, one of each. It's not the same movie for each. So, um, yeah, the way I would answer that, Matt, is I'd say the one that kind of works, uh, you know, and the space one, it'd be like Gravity. 
you know, so when you see, you know, Sandra Bullock and them out there in space and, you know, it, it basically gets kind of, you know, smashed in the beginning. I don't want to ruin the movie for people, but then it gets uh-huh. smashed by the debris from satellites and stuff. And, and just that feeling, that immersive feeling of them being out in space and really being almost a hard object, you know, and, 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 and all of those things that that is very scientifically accurate for the way that space would be. And so that scene there, is so good. That scene, that scene is so, is so it's so great. It's so great. I completely agree, Josh. And so, so that, you know, as one of one where I think they did a really good job and it works really well. Um, the, the one where, you know, I'll go back and this is less science, but more, I'd say technology, you know, it's Jurassic Park, you know, access main security program grid, access main security, access main <laughs> Samuel, yeah. Samuel L. Jackson, like trying to, you know, undo Dennis and Edry's like restart button, you know, uh-uh. yeah. You didn't yeah, say the magic uh, word. You didn't say the magic word. That that is not very realistic at all. And even with the computer programming of the day, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't program or type basic commands to start a reboot that way. It's just that one we, it's like universally loathed by you know most programmers <laughs> or things like that. So okay. Well, at least Dennis Nedry got his comeuppance for creating such a a bad, inaccurate uh, security system. He got eaten by a Dilophosaurus or whatever happened to him. So. It all it all works out. We've got we've got I forget the guy's name is like Hopkins. We've got Hopkins here. We got Hopkins. See, no one cares, you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> man. All right, those are good questions, man. Good thing to wrap. It. I feel like we could almost do a whole episode bringing you back, Chris, and just talking science fiction or just you know movies based around your you know knowledge here and you kind of pointing out what works and what doesn't and why. But um, I'm glad we had you on for the comedy episode, and I think it was a great episode. If anyone wants. To contact us, you can reach us on Twitter at CinemaStubs, or you can email us at CinemaStubs at FandomWire.com. You can reach me on Twitter at MrMovieGuy86. Matt, where can people reach you if they want to chat you off? I'm at, at Matt Hambidge, H-A-M-B-I-D-G-E, on Instagram and Twitter. All right, and Riley? Um, well, you can find me at Riley B. Johnson or at FandomWire. And uh, Chris, where can people get a hold of you if they have any science questions? Probably, probably the best place would be uh, Chris Matman handle on Twitter. It's uh, C H R I S M A T T M A N N, and it's the same on IG and all, all socials. So uh, yeah, it's the best way. And I, I reply. So send me all of your space technology and cool movies and comedy. Dude, you're just gonna get a bunch of angry tweets for saying something bad about Jurassic Park right now because everybody loves Jurassic Park. Riley I and I will. actually have a YouTube channel where we talk about uh, we do video essays and sometimes the topics we cover is like a perfect scene from a movie and our most recent one was Jurassic Park the perfect scene in Jurassic Park and it was of course the scene when the T-Rex first breaks free from its enclosure and is attacking the car just a perfect scene so check that out on YouTube if you haven't seen it and uh, we will be back next week these posters for these movies will be up on social media for you guys to vote on soon, as soon as our editor gets them put up. And uh, we'll see you guys later. 